Good morning. It's Monday, August 19th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news all within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined this and every weekday by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor, Trey Scott. Trey, do not introduce the first topic. If you introduce the first topic, I'm going to have to fight you. Connor, maybe I'm just ready for this podcast to finish up this morning, just like a few members of Virginia Tech's 2018 team. Uh, They were ready last fall for their disappointing season to end as early as possible, according to a report from Sports Illustrated. A small number of malcontent Hokies who have all departed now encourage teammates to not score touchdowns and to play poorly in the regular season finale against Marshall, in which the Hokies' bull hopes were on the line. Virginia Tech won 41-20 as three-point favorites to get to the Military Bowl, where they lost to Cincinnati. The Sports Illustrated expose by Ross Dellinger, titled Inside Virginia Tech's Internal Turnaround After a Season of Division and Negativity, is an eye-opening read that dives into the struggles within Justin Fuente's program, which had 14 players in the transfer portal at one point this offseason, and the subsequent character rebuild the Hokies hope they've accomplished. This isn't like the White Sox throwing the 1919 World Series, and I kind of think it's a common sentiment among outgoing players on crummy teams who don't really want to go through 15 more practices for a lower-tiered bowl game. It's still an eye-opening and disappointing expose. Your thoughts, Connor? Yeah, last year was the Hokies' first losing season since 1992, and at one point there were 14 players in the transfer portal, five of them joining within a 48-hour period. I guess part of me is relieved to finally know what exactly it was that was going on that led to this turmoil. It seemed really, the timing of it seemed really weird in the middle of Justin Fuente's third year at Virginia Tech after he'd already tasted a pretty good amount of success getting the Hokies to the ACC title game in year one. And this step back just came Absolutely out of the blue, although in the piece, Justin Fuente said that he kind of saw this coming a few years out, just kind of based on the people, the players that would be in leadership roles entering this season or entering last season, I should say. I don't really it it still seems like a weird thing to have happening in year three. You could understand year one, a little bit of a culture change, some some bad eggs you needed to get out of the program, especially given Justin Fuente's reputation as a program builder coming into this project at Virginia Tech, having turned around a Memphis program that was just in absolute shambles when he inherited it. So, uh, something else kind of going through my mind while I was reading this piece here is, you know, this was not a piece where SI just tracked down a couple of players, uh, former players who were willing to speak off the record. They had access to uh, Justin Fuente and, and current players and even uh, Frank Beamer. So this was very much a Virginia Tech sanctioned article, it seems like. Um, so this is a message that they wanted to get out there. Are these problems totally put to bed? Who knows? The timing of the article certainly feels a little weird at this point with everyone kind of having moved on from last season and we're about ready to get into 2019. Yeah, the timing's interesting. You never know when they had SIN. They could have been in May. But this is not... this. Yeah, these quotes, it's like something you would read in a May story, not like a August... August, like whatever 15th it was, and the season is going to start here in two weeks, and now we're just all going to talk about Virginia Tech throwing games. Uh, you see fans on the message boards all the time. If the season's not going poor or not going well, they'll be like, yeah, it's a season season from hell. I'm just ready for this thing to end. Sure hope they don't have to go to a bowl game. And it's 
Well, now we know that players sometimes can feel the same way. So we'll see how they uh, rebound from that strife, though. UNC announced on Sunday that they'll be rolling with a true freshman at quarterback in the season opener against South Carolina. Monroe, North Carolina product Sam Howell, who as recently as nine months ago was thought to be the QB of the future for FSU, will now lead the charge for his home state Tar Heels as they begin year number one of Mac Brown era number two. Howell was the number four quarterback in the top 24-7 for the class of 2019, and he's good enough that losing him to UNC during the early signing period last winter kind of sent FSU into a tailspin on the recruiting trail that they're only just now recovering from. In his scouting report on Howell, our own Charles Power wrote that he's got a strong arm and, though not exactly fast, can run a bit and has a flair for improvisation that, while overall a net positive, can sometimes lead to turnovers. That last bit might be something to keep an eye on as Howell gets thrown straight into the fire in week one against an SEC opponent. Yeah, Mac Brown told us this summer on a video show we were doing that Sam Howell reminds him of Brett Favre. So the gunslinger, turnover-prone, improvisation mentality... Kind of fits in perfectly. It'll be interesting to watch him. He's one of two true freshmen now to be named a starter at the Power 5 level. Uh, Jaden Daniels at Arizona State's the other one. There's three other schools that I can think of who are still in the mix to start a true freshman. Uh, Auburn, TCU, and Wisconsin. Of all of those schools, Auburn with Bo Nix, uh, former five-star, seems to be the most likely. Um, got some really sad news here. Cedric Benson, one of the best players to ever suit up for the Texas Longhorns and a high school football legend in the Lone Star State died in a motorcycle accident late Saturday night at the age of 36. Uh, Benson was with a female whose identity has not yet been released to the public. Only Ricky Williams ran for more yards and touchdowns as as a Longhorn than Benson, who won the 2004 Doak Walker Award and was a first-round NFL draft pick by the Chicago Bears. Said was kind of Ricky Williams 2.0 in Austin. Dreadlocks and all, um, never quite as good, but I think he did live up to the hype. Uh, I always thought it was really sad that him and Derek Johnson, another star, from the 0104 era, another first round pick, missed the 05 national title by a year. They were so Im- instrumental to Texas's resurgence under Mac Brown. And then get this as a high school football star at Midland Lee in West Texas, uh, his high school, the Rebels, are rivals with the Permian Panthers of Friday Night Lights fame. Vincent scored 15 touchdowns in three state championship games. Uh, he won all three. Said Mac Brown, we're really going to miss him. Yeah, really sad stuff. The Longhorn Network, I believe, is airing uh, Cedric Benson's or games in which Cedric Benson had uh, standout performances all day until midnight uh, on the Longhorn Network. So something to check out if you get that channel. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, Tate Martell is getting reps at a new position. And we've got the latest injury and commitment news from the weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the College Football Daily. It is now time for us to go hurry up, no huddle through some headlines from around the sport, starting off down in Coral Gables. Last week, we had Barton Simmons on the show floating the possibility of Tate Martell moving to wide receiver after losing the Miami quarterback job to Jaron Williams. And according to Andrew Ivins of Inside the U, Martell might be doing just that. Sources told Ivins that Martell worked out at wide receiver during the Hurricanes' closed scrimmage on Friday. 
Whether the move is permanent or just something Miami and Martell were trying out remains an open question. USC freshman Brew McCoy has not been practicing with the Trojans because he's been dealing with a mysterious illness that doctors haven't been able to figure out. His father, Horace McCoy, told the Los Angeles Times, McCoy's had an on and off fever for seven weeks, which is terrifying. Uh, But thankfully, he's starting to feel better. Doctors have done an assortment of tests. They just can't nail this thing down. Uh, McCoy was the number nine player in the the top 247 for the class of 2019. Yeah, Trey, I was going to say, an on and off fever for seven weeks kind of sounds like something that would happen to you. I don't know. I I was joking (laughs) in the office. I would be in an asylum if I had an on and off fever for seven weeks. I can figure out. So good South- for him for keeping a good mentality through it. <laughs> South Carolina starting tight end Keel Pollard announced he's medically retiring from football following a neck injury suffered in practice. Please don't feel sorry for me because football has been good to me, Pollard said in an Instagram post. He had 181 yards receiving and two touchdowns last season. Oregon is awaiting word on the severity of freshman wide receiver Micah Pittman's shoulder injury, which he suffered Saturday in practice. Oregon's got a ton of wide receiver questions, and they were going to rely heavily on the top 100 recruit. Texas wide receiver Josh Moore, a possible starter, was arrested for carrying a loaded gun without a license in July and is facing a September court date for misdemeanor gun charges. Moore is still practicing with the team, and Tom Herman says no decision has been made on his availability. Yeah, something to keep an eye on for week two against LSU. Uh, Notre Dame wide receiver Michael Young, who was competing for a starting job, suffered a broken collarbone over the weekend, according to multiple reports, and will be out until at least October, leaving him unavailable for Notre Dame's week four trip to Georgia. Notre Dame also is without tight end Cole Komet for that game. Washington State has announced that we'll be getting an inside look at the program on HBO sometime soon. Exactly in what capacity remains to be seen, but it's expected that the end product will at least somewhat resemble the popular Hard Knock series. Camera crews are already on the scene in Pullman and filming is underway. Mike Leach in front of a camera, probably going to be must watch stuff. Tennessee is the sixth SEC school to announce it will sell beer and wine at athletic events this fall. The Vols joined the ranks of Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt. Party on, guys. Got your big commitment news from the weekend. LSU picked up a commitment from wide receiver Coy Moore, a three-star in our rankings and a four-star in the composite. Georgia picked up a commitment from one of the top centers in the class of 2020 in Cedric Van Pran. Texas landed four-star wideout Quentin Johnson, stretching out the Longhorns' lead over Oklahoma for the Big 12's top class. And four-star defensive end B.J. Ojolari pulled a little bit of an upset by deciding to go to Tennessee instead of following his big brother's footsteps to the University of Georgia. Put this on your radar for today. The Associated Press will release its preseason top 25 around noon Eastern. Bama and Clemson were numbers one and two in the preseason polls for 2018. Uh, In the preseason USA Today coaches poll released earlier this month, Clemson was ranked number one. That's kind of my guess for what happens today, too, but we'll see. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to check us out. If you're really dedicated to the cause, tell an enemy to check us out, too. Uh, For Trey Scott, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you bright and early on Tuesday for the next episode of the College Football Daily.